Hello, friends. It is great to be back hosting Wasn't That Special 50 Years of SNL as we approach this season six episode. And Christian, in the spirit of the season, we got a great show and we'll be right back. <laughs> it's the monologue-less season, season six. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Welcome in, Scott Bertram. Find me on X, formerly Twitter, at Scott Bertram, and my co-host, Christian Schneider, alongside at Schneider underscore CM on X, formerly Twitter. Christian, how are you? I am good. Uh, this is going to be an, an action-packed one. Um, I'm here to tell you that the advent of the 1980s was kinder to Dirk Diggler than it was to <laughs> SNL. But uh, we will get through this. There's a lot of good stories uh, in this one. And probably won't talk as much about what actually happened on screen because there's <laughs> there's not a lot not a lot going on but uh the off scene uh behind the scenes uh machinations were actually pretty pretty exciting you're, so you're going to have to trust us a little bit because there is no sugarcoating this what is on the screen is truly horrific for most of season six. And I know there's this revisionist history out there, people looking and saying, you know, it wasn't so bad. It's actually quite good in places. And they did this well. And you'll hear our thoughts on that in a bit, but safe to say we we don't agree. So you're going to have to trust us. This is still a, it's one of the reasons we love SNL. This is still a fascinating season for how it happened, why it happened, and where we go next, and who we found, a little guy called Eddie Murphy, right? So there are tons of great stories, and we're going to have fun telling you them on uh, this evening's, or this morning's, depending where you're listening, edition of Wasn't That Special, 50 Years of SNL. Before we start, let's tell people who are just joining us, maybe for the first time, Christian, how they can become our friends, our buddies, our pals, and that is by going to wasn'tthatspecial.com and joining us for this journey. Yeah, head on over to the website where you can uh, subscribe to our nice little podcast here. You can uh, get all the uh, information that we're sending out to you. We're doing trying to do a lot more for the masses uh, these days. Uh, if you want to keep listening to the full podcast, you can subscribe. You can do it on a monthly basis. You can do it on a yearly basis where you save a little bit of cash or you can become an executive producer uh, subscriber where you get a whole ton of information that we we send out uh, all of our notes uh, you get a clips package that we put together you get to start chats on our chat board a lot of good stuff happening yes at the end of our 50 episodes covering 50 seasons there are we'll do some community voted awards but the people who vote there christian and me and our executive producers. So it's going to be a neat little curated group of people who are deciding these best things throughout the history of SNL. And and as an executive producer, you get to direct us. You can be a director, too, by telling us what we should talk about on some of these shows. We send out an email before we record each podcast to our executive producers and say, hey, what do you want us to talk about? What do you want to hear us opine on that happened in this particular season? You can tell us. We will react and bring it to you on the show, but you have to be there as an executive producer level supporter. Find all of that information and please join us at wasn'tthatspecial.com. You can even just give us your email address. You'll get the emails and the free stuff. And then later on, because you'll love it so much, you'll decide to join us on a monthly, annual, or executive producer level. So just do that. And if you are a listener, please tell a friend. Let, uh, let them know that you're enjoying the podcast. 
tweet about it. Uh, you know, call your parents, tell them about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the Gene Dumanian of wasn't that special and uh, <laughs> tell us how we're doing. <laughs> All right. We usually start these episodes in a particular manner, and that's we tell you who's new on the cast, who's left the cast, and what's new in the writer's room. Well, there's no purpose in doing that because everybody left and everybody is new. So we're going to get to some of the key players and people and cast and personnel as we begin to explain to you how this season six comes together. So put that on the back burner for a second. And before we get to season six, we do have to, let's say have to, we want to make a slight correction. We're not perfect. We record live. And so occasionally mistakes are made. In this case, Christian is here to pick up those pieces. Yes, I believe in a past uh, podcast, we mentioned the fact that uh, after Elvis Costello had angered Lorne Michaels in a previous episode by uh, uh, playing Radio Radio instead of another song, that he uh, was banned from the show and then came back in the 25th anniversary episode. That is not true. He came back in 1991 when he played a song not disguised as Jerry Garcia, but sort of dressed in the same way. But he was he was back on the show well before uh, we gave him credit for that. So we just, you know, for the purists out there, there we know people are taking notes. Um, this podcast <laughs> is for the for the the hardcore uh, SNL fans. We want to make sure we correct ourselves when when possible. And we regret the error. Christian, when we last left everyone here on Wasn't That Special, we were telling people about June 2nd of 1980. June 2nd of 1980, the final meeting between Brendan Tartikoff and Lorne Michaels, at which point Brendan Tartikoff decided that Lorne Michaels was not going to be part of SNL moving forward. He had to move on. He had to find a different producer. They had to figure out how NBC was going to keep this cash cow running on Saturday nights. And we promised we'd pick up the story from there as we began the next episode. Well, then is now. Now is then. Or, well, let's just do it now. Season six <laughs> begins with the search for new executive producer. So how does this go? Well, as uh, we said last time, Lorne Michaels is now out the door. So the show needs to find a new uh, producer. And they don't have to look very far because they pick <laughs> Gene Dumanian, who was a talent booker. I believe she had an associate uh, producer label. Yes. Or coordinating but, uh, producer at some point too, I think, yeah. She she got the job. She was uh, a very different in style and in tone yeah. than in Lorne Michaels. And uh, I think she started causing problems right at the get-go. First time that Brandon Tartikoff meets with Gene Domanian is June 4th. So two days after the Lorne Michaels meeting, and they had already had her in mind in the background. And as Christian told you, she was a uh, an associate producer, a coordinating producer. Her realm was the, the talent. So she'd line up limos and she'd make sure the catering was there. And she'd put flowers in the dressing rooms. And she helped book the musical acts and some of the hosts on the show. That's what Jean did on the show. And for NBC, she had a few things going in her favor. And I think they're wrong on all of these, but we can get to this down the line. They thought, well, she knew how the show was put together. She worked on it the past five years. They thought that she could provide some continuity from the original cast to 
the new cast, and they thought as a, a talent coordinator, she'd be the perfect person to pick out and pluck out a fresh new cast for SNL. Again, I think they were wrong on all counts, but that's what they were thinking. So the meeting is June 4th. June 5th, the next day, Brandon Tartikoff already is telling friends that Jean has the job. And of course she would. It leaked out. Uh, she actually told Paramount, uh, the film, uh, Paramount Head, that she got the job. The Paramount guy called Lorne Michaels and said, hey, Jean got the job. And Lorne didn't know. That strained relations even more with NBC. Jean was confident she could do this job. You'd have to be to take it. Lorne, though, was telling friends that she would not last a half season. And he was off by two episodes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I believe, I believe Gene's quote was, I'm the only person that can, that can do this show. Yeah, well. Some, something to that effect, yeah. She's the only person who could do the, do the show in the way she did. <laughs> that is true. So n- <laughs> nobody, from, uh, nobody from the writing staff decides to come back, except Brian Doyle Murray does write throughout season six. And I can't recall where he left the show in season five. I think he was a, a writer. So okay, one person comes back for season six. It's not for lack of trying. Uh, Gene went to virtually everyone associated with that show in the first five years and asked them to return for season six. And it's unclear as to whether or not it was coordinated. It probably was not, I would guess. But everyone had such respect for Lorne and B, everybody was so burned out that they took the opportunity to leave. Alan Zweibel, who was with the show from day one, talked to the Television Academy Foundation about why he did not return for season six of the show. I know that Jean Domanian, who replaced Lauren, wanted me to be on her staff, and I, I didn't want to. Um, was there any particular reason? Or? I felt that I had been to the mountain, and um, how much bigger and better and more successful could it be I was exhausted and opportunities were presenting itself for movie scripts and uh, TV shows and, um, and these were my friends and it just felt it was time. It felt like it was time. And there's a, a, a funny little bit in the, uh, in the Hill Weingrad book uh, where Harry Shearer was asked if he's going to come back and he said, okay, well, maybe if I can bring a couple people uh, with me that know what they're doing. And Gene Domanian said to him, we don't want anybody that knows what, what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me is a legendary quote within the history of SNL. I mean, you can't get any better than that because it's really on the nose. <laughs> These yeah. people really had no idea what they were doing. It most certainly is. Uh, Gene said she wanted the show to look like the 80s. And you, you see that in the open from, the, from, the, from when the show starts in season one or in episode one. And... She tries to also recast the show in the look of the 80s somewhat, too. We have brand new cast members up and down the roster. Christian, tell us about some of these people, where they came from, and how they got on the show. So, yeah, we have uh, some some new uh, female cast members. Gene was insistent that they have kind of the same mix as last time. Four men, three women. Uh, and one black cast member. So they bring in uh, Ann Risley, who is from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, where I'm currently sitting. She had been doing uh, some Woody Allen plays, uh, et cetera, and caught Woody Allen's eye. And so he actually put her in a few movies. She's in Manhattan. She's in you know a couple other ones. 
And I think it's Woody Allen that recommended her to Jean Dumanian. So she, she picked her. Um, we have Gail Mathias, who was from, I think she was from South Dakota, but they picked her up at, uh, in Los Angeles. She's one of the kind of the groundling um, sketch players there. Um, they had they had tryouts in New York, Chicago, L.A., all the all the big places that you would normally have such things. Uh, they pick up Denny Dillon, who is actually kind of an SNL footnote because she's an old she vet. On, yeah, she was on what the third or fourth show uh, in in a bit as a nun, and actually because she was kind of a guest on that show, she had her name on uh, introduced in the intro of SNL before any of the primetime, not ready for primetime players. So she had been kicking around in, uh, in New York trying to get jobs and, and uh, Jean liked her. She's, you know, short, she's 4'11", I think, bubbly, et cetera. So, so those are the women. And then she goes and finds this guy that dazzled everybody during uh, tryouts, Joe Piscopo, who had actually been on a (laughs) Brandon Tartikoff show called A Dog's Life, <laughs> in which everybody on the cast wore dog costumes. That show did not last very long, but uh, in some cases you can find <laughs> diamonds uh, within dog doo-doo. And uh, so they found, they found Piscopo. Uh, they found a guy, a TV news guy named Charles Rocket. Not his real name. Not his real name. He was born Charles Adams Clavery and had used stage names like Charlie Kennedy, Charlie Hamburger, and then settled on Charles Rocket. Um, the fact that he settled on that name tells you a lot, what, a lot of what you need to know about him. But he was an actual news guy, which is probably how he ended up with, with Weekend Update. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene thought when he went to, in to do his you know, tryout, she thought it was just a formality because like this guy's on the show, you know, he's going to be the next star of SNL. Oh, he's the best of Murray and the best of Chase. It's, it's an amazing combination. He's a good looking guy. He had actually, I I think he had uh, sent in a a tape in during season five, when there was rumors that, that Lauren would be looking at, at new cast members. So he was known to the to the people around there. Who else am I missing? Oh, there's another 19-year-old kid who uh, had been kind of just hanging around. He had been bothering Neil Levy, who was with the, the, the past show, um, calling him three times a day, telling him, I want to be on the show, I want to be on the show. He was there to fill the black cast member slot, but... Uh, there was rumor that the show had already filled that spot with a guy named Charlie Barrett, Charlie Barnett, something like that. He finally he finally got the chance to audition for Neil Levy, who he, he was immediately impressed. They passed him around. He finally got to got to do the, his bit for uh, for Gene, and that's when she hired uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Well, he's a guy who becomes a star, and his ascent begins right here on Saturday Night Live. But if you want to hear more about his story and more about the rest of season six, you'll have to join us over at wasn'tthatspecial.com. That's right. We talk uh, on this episode uh, plenty about the rise of Eddie Murphy. 
uh, what exactly went wrong this season and uh, a terrible season of SNL actually makes for a pretty good, uh, pretty good podcast because there's so many good stories uh, that we tell on here. So make sure you go to the website and uh, subscribe. You can subscribe at any number of levels. Uh, you can do it monthly. You can save a little bit of money and uh, subscribe annually, or you can become an executive producer, at which point you get some of the notes that we pass back and forth as we watch the season. Uh, you get a clips package from uh, that features a lot of the information that we use to get ready for this podcast. And uh, there are all sorts of other types of things that uh, uh, that you're privy to near the end of the season. When we're all done with our 50 years, we'll uh, award uh, give some awards that are voted on by the executive producers and your two hosts. That will be a nice sense of the committee, so to speak, of those who have invested most in this podcast. And we also ask you before we record new shows what we should talk about. So this one's done, but next time, season seven, Eddie Murphy's first full year, the first Dick Ebersole year of SNL. What would you like to hear us discuss or talk about or analyze? If you're an executive producer, we'll ask you and you can tell us and it'll end up on the show. So visit us at wasn'tthatspecial.com. Join again monthly, annual or at the executive producer level. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter or X at 50 years of SNL. That's five zero years of SNL. And thanks for listening to this preview edition of Wasn't That Special.